1: friends. I am Shen. And I'm Lay, And
2: we are back again at the Welding Up podcast. Once again we are back and once again we are sad. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm kidding we're not sad but man we're just. We're fighting so this podcast crazy. doesn't take a little an emo turn. <laughs> yeah no you know what we are
1: like I think. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to look back or listen back in five years and this entire like the last two seasons just like we're sad we're angry we hate it here <laughs> like because like that's literally the energy you can't help it though like you, you do you have to give yourself grace and allow yourself to feel those feels because they're so legitimate oh yeah <laughs> they really are but yeah I think the power of not staying in that place that's important
2: um anyway friend how are you I'm doing well I was mm-hmm. sick all week. So that scared me a little. Uh, the family had to do a yeah. COVID test because we also had a little outbreak at the daycare. So yes, that was pretty scary. But luckily this morning, my my results came back negative. So that's good. And Fabulous. I'm feeling a lot better. Shanna's been taking her vitamins. <laughs> I've been juicing all week, taking all these you elixirs have, and yes. shots. And I'm telling you guys, you just have to stay, like try your hardest to, to uh, live, make healthier choices. Mm-hmm. So, you know, take your vitamins, get outside and walk, uh, eat health. <laughs> I'm going to cut down the fast food. I oh. get I'm actually tired of ordering out. Is that a thing? Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to get something else. I just want to cook now, which is crazy. Cause I used to hate cooking because I was so busy and I'm like, oh, but now yeah. I'm like, I want to cook. I'm tired of fast food. But yeah, I'm just trying to be healthier because this is the season where like I already get sick a lot and yeah. because the weather's changing, I was just feeling so awful. So yeah. That makes me laugh because like I'm so tired of fast food,
1: but I'm also so tired of cooking. Yeah, <laughs> So I don't know what I want. i a chef because I feel <laughs> like I like went crazy during the lockdown. Like last year, this time, like, I feel like all of last year, all of 2020, like I was literally like, um, Chef ramsey like I was in the kitchen nonstop. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I was experimenting so much. I was mm-hmm. learning to cook so many dishes. We joked about like um, <laughs> yeah. cooking our Jamaican dishes Jamaican and all right, failing was, like a failure. <laughs> yeah. There were so many other things that I love that my mom and my like my dad and like my other relatives cooked so well that I learned to cook. So I was super mm-hmm. proud of myself for that. Um, And then I got into the sense of like, okay, like now I want to order out a little bit. So like at least once a week, let's like order something. Mm -hmm. Um, And then now I'm tired of everything. So like, I'm like, I don't want to be the one behind and my husband cooks a bit, but like not, I'm just such a particular cook that I feel like I want to do it anyway. So yeah, I'm just tired of that. And then tired of the alternative. So yeah. I need to win the lottery and hire a chef. So that's my next objective. <laughs> Just, you know, find a dream. Yeah, my next objective is like, okay, like, how can I win the lottery? What are we doing? What, how do I, what are the numbers? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm the same.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much my check-in. I'm- Our check-ins are always the same now. Yeah. How, are, we sur- how are you surviving? That's, exactly. that's the question. They're a variation of the
1: of literally the exact same thing. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm okay. Well, friends, lucky for us, we do not have to check in alone because I mean, like I said, it's always nice to have another perspective on how the world is treating someone else (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we have Allison Schaefer here friends um I don't know if you've watched the parenting show I can't imagine that you haven't because it's such a good show and such quality information so
3: welcome Allison yeah great to be here ladies thank you for for watching the parenting show promoting the show it's still on the air after all these seasons can you believe it and Mm -hmm. um going strong so glad to be glad to be here glad to help parents Amazing.
1: <laughs> Amazing. How are you? How are you
3: How am I doing? Well, you know, to your point, you know, um, th- it was a, a lower than usual week for me in, in my mood. Um, but I'm so conscious as, uh, you know, because I've, I'm trained in mental health profession, so, you know, so I have like a checklist of things to like, make sure that my mood doesn't go low. And I'm working that list so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but but at the same time, yeah, I, just some gentle compassion when when it's a lower week than usual. And I think I think honestly, I think this week for me, it was the cooler weather in the rain. Yeah. You know, we had that yeah. taste of sunshine. And I was like, so ready to rip open you know the patio furniture and just yes. get out there and then it turned cold and rainy and I, I don't think I was kind of oh, oh yeah
0: yeah I, don't, I don't want to
3: cocoon <laughs> <laughs> I've been cocooning all winter <laughs> no
1: you're so right and I think oh man I think that that like a lot of people are, are frustrated and are feeling that because in Ontario it was um spring break right so I think parents had really high hopes for things that they could have done with their kids um You know, obviously everything is shut down, but we're like, okay, at the very least, we're gonna get out and go to the park. We're gonna go hiking. We're gonna do this. And it was, it was rainy, and then when it wasn't raining,
2: it was cold. Yeah, so, yeah,
1: yeah. It's
2: <laughs> mother that nature really does affect your mood. She just You're wouldn't right. let us be great. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but to your point, you know, the eating, all those simple things, the getting a good night's sleep, the eating well, like I don't watch any television that is at all like brings me down, just I have zero tolerance for, you know, and same thing, like what I'm reading now, everything is like happy fiction, (laughs) you know, lots of happy music on my Spotify, I'm always going like daily happy songs, daily happy playlist, (laughs) light candles, just be be joyous anyway, force it in. (laughs) So hungry for joy. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's you got to look at you got to wherever you can find it. Um Agreed. speaking of being hungry for joy friends.
2: Segway <laughs> um, like, Queen,
1: right? You know what time it is. It's our favorite time of the
2: episode. <clears throat> it's Mom Mom time. There you go. I was like, "Is she gonna? Cuz I'm waiting." <laughs> I'm the morning voice.
1: <laughs> um, so friends, this is the time where we nominate mom moms. If there's a mom that you think is so awesome, um, that you are impressed by, that you know or that you don't know, um, now's the time. Now's the time where we celebrate that mom. So um go for it.
2: You mentioned this in the last episode that my I'm on that whole home interior design. Uh, Tip: where that's all I watch on YouTube (laughs) and and have all those magazines now. I guess I'm like really going to phone in on decorating my house soon. And um, I wanted to nominate Patricia Bright. I don't know if you follow her. She's a YouTuber. Yeah, from the UK. And she has two daughters. And I have been watching a lot of her home videos and a lot of her decor videos and a lot of her real estate inspired videos. Ah. Very cool. Like I love that. How I I used to watch her back in the day when she Same. only to be a beauty blogger, and now that she's built a gigantic empire, so I just appreciate there. I appreciate her. She's such a boss mom. So I had to shout her out. Oh she's my goodness! Buddy. So funny.
1: I do remember her. Hmm. Wow. I didn't. I have not followed her in a
2: very long time. She's because bossed up. Know, <laughs> so whoa. and gave birth to one of her kids in her hallway what yeah this is so crazy yeah it was such a crazy story (laughs) my good
1: god okay well yep that's fabulous patricia's (laughs) certainly a bomb mom uh, hmm. I think I want to take it local. I think I want to nominate Toronto Shea um, for a few reasons. So she's a Toronto blogger, like a mommy blogger. And she has like a built also built a very awesome empire. She actually just sec- celebrated her second year in business as a, I think it's a branding agency, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Kensington Gray. Um, and I love the post that she wrote about um, starting that business. She started it with her husband And I think she's got about like there's looks like there's about seven to eight others that they work alongside. And she says it's so nice to show up to work every day as your most authentic self. Mm -hmm. She's like, I can show up every day knowing that I can be me. I can show up every day knowing that I won't be faced with, you know, um, backhanded comments or, you know, microaggressions because everyone understands and everyone is here to support and to love and to celebrate. And it's such a safe space for me, my husband, my Mm -hmm. family. And, and for everybody to grow and, and, and to, you know, to excel. And she's just awesome. I think that she has used her platform in such an incredible way, um, you know, addressing issues like about anti-Black racism, also showing like, you know, such beauty and creativity to motherhood, um, just being so, showing that it can be Not I can beat everything, because, I mean, motherhood can literally be everything. But at the end of the day, (laughs) that you can still be you and celebrate your, you know, your own strengths and your own ambitions. And at the same time, be so invested in your child. And at the same time, be invested in social issues and have a beautiful aesthetic. Like, she really does try and marry all of these ideas. And I think she does such a great job at doing it. So um, she has built something fantastic. And, you know, from one group of women who are building something fantastic to another woman who has built something fantastic um i can't imagine not nominating her so shout out to you toronto shay for being a very bomb mom
2: (laughs) (laughs) i love that that was nice
1: yeah allison what about you
3: oh gosh um I have a whole bunch of names that came to mind thinking of people that don't particularly have like a big social media, you know, presence, but I would say, um, I want to give a shout out to my assistant. (gasps) Yes. Yeah. Elise Newt. And so obviously she works virtually, but, um, uh, you know, it, she's, she is, the person that i am talking to every day that is sort of in the trenches of this needing to work be on call be available i have kind of a 24 7 job not that you have to work a lot of hours but you know you might get a media request at eight o'clock at night or you know i might i might have a client who's in crisis that, that needs to get a hold of me immediately so like she's kind of tied to my hip all day wow. and um so so she, and she does a great job with that but she's also got two kids that are that are going through this pandemic with you know wow. with the home schooling and they're in and they're out yeah. and and they're bored and they can't see their friends and um and so I, you know i kind of hear daily how she's doing and she's do and she is she is doing great um and uh you know and some of the great Parenting principles from taking my courses and stuff is paying off when you've got kids who can be a little bit more independent and things like that. But, um, but it really gives me a, a daily check in because my kids are grown now. My kids are 27 and 28. They're not living at home, they're off, they're young wow. adults are working, they, you know, they're living with their partners. And so, uh, you know, in, unless you really get to have the felt daily experience of this pandemic from a family perspective. Like I hear lots mm-hmm. from my counseling clients, but I really get to go on a day-to-day basis with her family. So anyway, so she's doing a great job and I'm super appreciative and, and also to her kids for putting up with me always intruding in their lives. And
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so, so awesome. Thank and you. At least.
1: Cause it's like, we see people like you and we forget about like how the engine runs. Like, mm-hmm lots going on local. behind
3: the scenes yeah <laughs> there's lots going on behind the scenes for sure yeah yeah wow definitely a
1: bomb mom fantastic
3: friends keep sending bomb moms because we love
1: celebrating yes. moms whether they're local mm-hmm. or not whether they're famous or not they could be your own mom they could even be you if you want to give yourself flowers you're more than love. like you're i feel like sometimes we need to right sometimes it's like i am a bomb mom because this and that and the third send your picture we'll post it <laughs> we don't have any issues whatsoever
0: All right. Sorry. Um, so
2: Allison, I want to start and head into the episode. We're going to focus on parenting teens today. Um, um, I know we don't have teenagers. We both have toddlers, (laughs) but this is for the listeners (laughs) because we know a pandemic is going on right now. Everyone is isolated and Teens are in and out of school. They're they're away from their friends. um, And being social is a huge aspect of your high school experience. So we want to go into that. But before we do, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
3: yeah absolutely sure um so i am a family counselor i see people Mm -hmm. in a private practice and all my my training my background because i do do um workshops and webinars and you know i post daily tips on on instagram and whatnot i have a good social media platform there um lots of information on my facebook things like that um but uh, everything that I teach and train and use as a reference point is based on Edlerian psychology. And I'm the third generation in my family to be. Uh, a trainer in in this um, in this modality, so it's very near and dear to my heart. It's it's not just a, a parenting process; it's really it's a psychology, but it's also a philosophy for living. So it's pretty pretty robust. And uh, so I've written three parenting books, and they've been translated into a bunch of different languages. And I have spoken around the world, um, bringing Adlerian psychology to all kinds of different countries. And um, uh and i do again a lot of media work i'm a regular on marilyn dennis global news mm-hmm. G- uh, global morning um and i have my own podcast called parenting the adlerian way so anyway i can get information out to parents and be helpful and make the journey easier mm-hmm. you know that's that's what i'm all about that's my life purpose lord knows we need it <laughs> and i did and listen and i did too i mean i think that's the, that's probably why It was such a powerful calling for me because even though like I I knew my parents taught parent education classes you mm-hmm. know because I would I would even I would babysit the kids while well, my parents would have the parenting class in the living room. Oh and but I didn't know what they were doing out there. I didn't I didn't know why my family I knew my family was weird and that we weren't yeah. like we weren't like you know the other families in the neighborhood. <laughs> um but I didn't know anything about Illyrian psychology or or the the rhymes or reasons about that. But then when I became a mother and it wasn't until my kids were like maybe around two. Yeah and maybe you guys can identify this. You know, you get to that point where your kids start doing stuff. And you're, and they're making you angry, and and you're like, you have that light bulb moment where you go, you are doing this on. Purpose. Oh. This, is, this is not like you're just a cute little toddler. Like you're doing that to aggravate me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point I realized I have to figure out how to discipline this kid. And I was like, what did my parents do? And I honestly, I could not recall. I could remember things from being maybe seven or eight. Cause you have memories then, but I was like, I don't know yeah. what they did when I was two and I was pulling the pots and pans out of the cupboard. Oh my God. So I, w- I went back to that book that they were teaching out of all those years ago. And it was just like, pow, 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 like, like just unbelievable. Like, oh my gosh, everybody needs to know this. Every, mm-hmm. But so it wasn't until I was, you know, a mom myself that I could go back and reflect on how wonderful my childhood was. And, and then to, and then to just feel like, it's like sitting on a cure for cancer. You feel like you can't not tell people, Yeah, yeah. You, can't, yeah. you can't withhold you know, if you, if you if you have an answer to something like you need to tell people. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's what I'm so really, I, I then went back to school, got my master's in counseling, worked at a nursery school, opened some nursery school, started going to conferences and just kept learning more and sharing more and teaching more. And just the more I can get the word out to help people. That's, that's what I do. And I love it. And I love it.
1: That's fantastic. So I mean, tell us a little bit about that form of psychology. Like, well, I mean, I'm sure it's, the, the breadth is huge, but what's the premise? Or now, the ge-
3: Yeah. So the, the general point of the philosophy is that, um, uh, as it, as it pertains to parenting, uh, is to appreciate that our children and human beings that we're social creatures that we, that we want, we're driven by the need to belong and to feel our place and to find our purpose. And that we are naturally driven to do that through pro-social, you know cooperative means, and that that we need to guide the child to to join the group, join the family, join the classroom, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the world. I like the world word child guidance as opposed to to discipline, which can, kind of sounds harsh. Um, and and the way that we do that then is in ways that are respectful. That we have this real belief in the in social equality that Mm -hmm. that regardless of age, gender, sex, religion, sexual persuasion, that we all deserve to be treated with respect. And so to parent respectfully is hard um, because we tend to the tapes in our heads and most of the ways we've been trained can really be kind of disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so unless you learn a different way that is not based on punishment, that's not based on shaming, that's not based on uh or or the opposite that became really popular which is rewarding kids you know we tend to its either sticks or carrots we're either threatening them or we're bribing them we get we get a lot get a lot oh, of girl. that <laughs> and so and so how would you do it if you didn't rely on that and and our our tendency is is to in our frustration of not knowing how to do that properly we, the pendulum swings the other way and we can be kind of doormat parents and have kids walk all over us because we're trying so hard to be respectful, they end up ruling the house because we we don't know how to put our foot down respectfully. So this is about finding that middle road. So this is democratic parenting, um, or people, uh, Barbara Colarasso calls it, no, she's got brick wall, jellyfish and backbone, backbone parenting. It's that Ooh. middle, it's that middle road, you know? Um, and so it's all the, all the kind of tools that kind of help parents understand how to do that. And, and, a, and this is the, the last point of, of what could be a much longer conference. The other thing that I think is really important is it talks about a very different perspective on understanding kids' behavior and why they do what they do. And that's to understand that it is goal directed, um, that they do it for, for because they're trying to accomplish something. And mm-hmm. that's either attention, power, revenge, or avoidance. And once you can get into the idea that when you're in a little dynamic with your kids, it's like a little dance that you're doing, yeah. so the child behaves a certain way in order to get you to respond a certain way. And if we can un- change our responses, then we change the behavior. So it's a lot of focusing on what we need to do differently, and and trying to understand what the child's trying to accomplish and direct them towards getting that achieved, but not not through disturbing behaviors. So that's kind of you know, and 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 more, but but, <laughs> but no, we we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. That's helpful. But, well, but for you, for you guys who have younger kids, and because we're talking about teens in this episode, I think it's important to know that what you're doing now is mm-hmm. setting the groundwork for what will be later teen attitudes. So like, you're in a very important, like preventative part. You know, you you, you are. Oh, and and oh, I, <laughs> how many, but how many people oh, have said, oh, God. Don't you hear people saying what well, they're like this at four? What are they gonna be like at fourteen? I mean, it's kind of true in a sense. There's a lot of similarities between a a preschooler and a teenager because they're both marked by wanting incredible autonomy. And wow, so yes. right. There is a lot of similarity in how they go about that and whether they use, you know, SAS to achieve what they're trying to, to do, or whether they <laughs> or whether they learn to be cooperative. And if you guys can learn teach your kids how to be cooperative and get get what you want. through proper channels now they're more likely to have that skill you know and your family's more geared for that when they become teens so yeah and that's not to say if you didn't do all this preventative work that you've messed it up for your teenager people can (laughs) always change families can always change you can start now don't get discouraged by that oh my gosh
2: i'm like oh dear god
3: (laughs) (laughs) no pressure
1: feeling the weight no no pressure no
3: pressure
2: I
1: mean, I think my husband has hinted to that, right? That it's like, he, he thinks very much like we're setting the tone. And I was like, yes, but she's also too. So like, you know, cause sometimes I feel like, I don't know. We're just like, we, we, there is literally no good cop, bad cop. I feel like it alternates. Like, I feel like it's just like a revolving door of, of, of me being like more of like the, I don't know, authoritarian versus like my husband. And it's just like this. Yeah, the pendulum swinging back and forth. Yeah. Um, but I definitely see where you're like, just now where you talked about like the, the two extremes. I'm like, I feel like, I don't know how I got here, but I'm in the bribing stage. I don't know, I feel like every 30 seconds, I'm like, do this, she's not doing it. Okay, do you want a chocolate? Okay, do you want, I'm like, I don't even know. I'm sometimes I'm so shocked that I go there. I'm like, why am I already there? I've only asked her to do it one time and I'm already suggesting why she should do it and offering her an incentive. And I'm like, this can't be the most effective way to parent. <laughs>
3: like this just yeah. can't. Well, well, and, and you can feel it in your bones that it's, that it's sort of like, I shouldn't have to bribe to get yeah, this exactly. to happen. Um, and so I think that's again, an important thing to understand in, in, is that um, uh, when I said we're wired to be cooperative, we are, but we have to create the conditions we have to sort of set the, the tone, set the groundwork. And, and we're not necessarily good at that. Um, and, and But, you know, realize that parents have to set limits and boundaries. That's our job. That's in the job description. Exactly. But also remember that it's a child's job to find the limits and boundaries. And how do they find them? How do they live within them? The only way to find a boundary is to push on it. Mm. So, so to not be discouraged when you're having to correct a child or whatever, you're like, oh, you're doing your good work of being a kid. You're, you're not going to do it the first time. You're going to make me actually have to pull a discipline tool out of my toolkit and, (laughs) and deal with you. I didn't want to, it would have been a lot nicer if I could have just said it once. Yeah. (laughs) But oh, well, such is the day. Um, But, but it, but it means it's just a matter of what's in that toolkit and what's in the toolkit for most of us is the stuff that we were raised on or the, you know, and, and it's, and it's really just about doing a. Bit of a refresh um mm-hmm. and, and that's what I like so much about about teaching this stuff because parents don't come saying I really want to keep bribing how dare you take bribery <laughs> away from I'm like I'm like yes it's, it's not a hard sell but I always tell I always tell parents I, I'm not gonna I, I, I promise you I won't I won't deplete you of things to do because I think that's where most of us are most of us are like I am at a loss. So don't take away something that is working for me, even if I don't like it. I I promise you, I won't take away a tool unless I replace it with something else. You know. Mm. So, so one of the suggestions of hey, do you want to try a different approach? Try a different tool from the toolbox. See if that gets what you're what you're hoping to accomplish, and, and it feels better for for you. It feels better to the child. So a lot of uh, one of the one of the most taught tools that I I tell parents about is how to use consequences. How to use logical consequences um you know and that's a a great replacement for punishment which is you know embraces the idea that um again and this works with teenagers as as well as with young kids but but the idea is if you if we can understand that um people that children are their own people and they want to make their own mind they want to be autonomous they want to make their own decisions And so if we can get into that and say that, okay, you know, you are a free agent, you are free to choose, but with every choice that you make, there's a consequence there's a result that happens because of it. And, and that's just the truth of of how the world works, you know? Um, and so, um, so what we want kids to do is to practice making different choices for themselves and realizing that, you know, if I make this choice, this happens, if I make that choice, that happens. Oh, I don't like that so much. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. I'll make a different choice next time. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're banging your cup, I can say that really hurts my ears. If you can't keep your cup calm on the table, I'm going to have to take it away. Are you going to keep it calm or am I going to take it away? That's just a choice, but, it, but it is a consequence. Yeah. Oh, it looks like we're having trouble keeping the cup calm on the table. Uh, you know, I'm happy to take it away. We'll try again later. So that would be just, you know, and so. With a teenager you're kind of doing the same thing you know where you say you know um I, I can't i can't make you come home on time but i can tell you that you know if you break curfew then you know you're uh, you'll be grounded and you can't go out tomorrow or whatever no, that's just a quick one off the top of my head yeah, during a yeah, yeah. pandemic nobody's yeah. going out um and i <laughs> and I, I i actually uh i i never got grounded but um i i think when, <laughs> i think i think when you get to to teenagers i i, I usually would say Get that they're so suspicious of, of you being the authority in their life and they don't like yeah. to be controlled that consequences mm-hmm. can really backfire on, on people that really want control and teens yeah. want control. So, you know, you can tweak that up a little bit. And one thing you can do is just when something's, when, when something's not going well, you could ask them, what do you think would be the appropriate consequence? So you could say, you know, I keep telling, you keep saying that it's your job to put the dishes in the dishwasher, but every time I come into the kitchen, they're not. So this arrangement isn't working. So what should happen if I okay, find okay. Your, your dishes on the counter? And I ask the, child, I ask the teenager, what, what would be a good consequence for that? And so what's interesting is that by the time you get to the teen years, I would say, and, and you can start this much earlier, but, um, so, so logical consequences are, are, um, I, I want to go back to that, but, but yeah. the, the, the richer thing for teenagers is to really get into problem solving together. Like rather than saying you're a kid who's not put, putting the dishes away and you are a problem and I need to discipline you and I need to deal with you because you are not behaving and you're making chaos. In the I would reframe that and say, we have something in the family that's not working and we need a better solution. And when you put it into the framework of what's a solution to this problem,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you, you will win your kids' cooperation because they love to solve problems, and and it gets to the heart of it. Like it, I know with my kids, for example, um, we were always having this fight about getting the table set for dinner, and, you know. And then, it honestly, when I, instead of getting all like, you know, creating a consequence, like if the table's not set, then you know, uh, I don't know, I can't even remember what we did, but it was like when I actually said to them, why is this happening? How can we do this better? My kids said to me, you call us to set the table during the only half hour show that we love to watch on TV. And this is back before PVRs and you can watch things yeah. you know, on demand or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, you know, you give us half hour of television. This one, our favorite show is on. And then you also tell us we're supposed to do set the table. Yeah, Like they're in conflict. I'm like, oh, so like if I actually moved when dinner is, so that you could set the table after your TV show that would like solve the problem. Absolutely. <laughs> so like, oh my gosh. it sounds small, but it's amazing how many times when you say, how can we do this better? That you're, you'll get to the heart of what the issue is. Like I had a same thing with my kids. My kids would take off their, so- their socks and shoes after school and they would like stuff their socks into the cushions of the couch. Ew. Gross, right? And so and so I could, I, if I wanted to be punitive, I could have said, if I find any socks in this couch, it's a buck off your allowance. I'm going to take you a dollar. I'm charging you a dollar for every, <laughs> right? And you can, and that might work. Or you could flip it around and use that, the bribery. Like if there's no socks in the couch all yeah. week, you guys can have a letter later, stay up late on Friday night or something. That, that would be examples of punishment and bribes. But if you use problem solving, I said to the kids, I said like, you know, how can we do this better? I don't want to smell your socks. It turned out that the whole issue was that they didn't want to actually make the trip upstairs to their laundry hampers to get rid of their socks. They wanted to get to their get to their snack and, and after school TV. So, so I said, well, so how are we going to work this out? And they, the, because kids are smarter than parents, they came up with the idea, could we put a little mini laundry hamper in the I front hall closet and just yeah, put the yeah. socks in there? And then when it's laundry day, we just get get those socks into the bigger laundry hamper. I'm like, brilliant, solves my problem. I just don't want to smell or see your socks in the family room, <laughs> yeah. solve their problem. They didn't want to go upstairs and make a trip upstairs for two stupid pairs of socks. Yeah. So if you just think about, if you, if when you're working with teenagers, you can just, don't think about them being bad or doing things against you or whatever. Just simply say, this isn't working. We need a better way of managing this in the family and listen to what they have to say. It's very powerful for teens. Wow.
1: Wow. That is. Bow, bow. Tip
3: of the week. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I think because you know why? It's like I so I I talk about it often because I mean, I don't obviously have a teenage child, but I teach high school. And like one of the things that I hear all the time is my kids don't feel heard. They don't feel like what they, what, they're, what they have to say is valued. And I think when you said that, like, I don't feel like going all the way upstairs and dropping off two pairs of socks. In that moment, I heard my mom in my voice and my mom's like, what the heck? You don't feel like dropping off two pairs of socks? What's two pairs of socks? And it's like, all of a sudden the, the focus is on like, like it's almost on reducing my issue. Like who cares? It's two pairs of socks, get your butt upstairs and go put the two, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, there's so, there's no tolerance for my little issue. And mm-hmm. what you're saying, there's value there. You're validating the fact that like, okay, okay, like you may think, though you may think it's lazy or silly, you know, th- that's just something that your kids just don't want to do. So how can we come up with a solution for something that like, you know, is bothering you or frustrating you? And I think that like, that would really solve like that approach really s- is one way, anyway, that you could potentially solve this like I'm not feeling heard. I don't feel like I'm valued. Cause my students write that over and over and over and over and over and over and like anytime we talk or we're unpacking anything, it always circles back to my parents don't 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 value me.
3: They don't care what I have to say. Oh, man. It isn't and that's that's uh heart wrenching and and it's my experience in my practice as well. Mm-hmm. Um and, and again if we put it through the filter of we're social creatures, we wanna belong and we wanna be re- treated respectfully. How can you how, how can you belong and feel respected if, you know, to your to your point about that little tape in her head that says, Look, it's just a pair of socks, just run them upstairs. Like just yeah. do it my way, because I say so. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if you're tired or whatever. And and that really says that we're not, we're, we're not stepping into the perspective of another person. So that learning to live in a group and think about everything we do is group related, right? Like first it's your family, then it's the classroom, then it's your community, then it's the world stage. And we all have to cooperate to get over a pandemic. And if you have, you know, or be in the workplace yeah. where you have coworkers and you have to, you know, you have a, a direct reporting line and all those things that, that we have to learn how to get along with one another. And, and we're all different. And, and that's the beauty of human beings is that we're, we're all different and yet we're all, we all have a shared common kind of humanity. So we have to learn what we call, um, Adler calls it social interest, the care and concern for other people. And it has to be, we're born with that innately, but we, it also needs to be nurtured because babies and teenagers kind of are egocentric. And, <laughs> yeah. and we, we tend to parent in a way that keeps supporting an egocentric point of view. And we need to stop that and to try to train them about like the the give and take like we live together in this house it's not just my house and we should just do it my way and I say socks need to go into hampers mm-hmm. you live here too but we have to get along and we have to do it in a way that is that kind of is, is 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 cooperative and 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 is um you know respects respects sort of social order we you know we um we we have to create that yeah. There has to be there has to be no. order like in the classroom we can't all talk at the same time or we don't hear anybody so how exactly. are we gonna solve that problem let's try yeah. putting up our hand instead yeah. of blurting yeah. out the answers <laughs> you know exactly. that's yeah. that is that's learning to cooperate and and, and at two when your kids are in nursery school, they realize you don't always get to be the line leader. You don't always get to be the one who plays with the truck, right? It's the give and take. Yeah. And um, yeah. and that's you got it. You got to train that into kids so that by the time they become teenagers, they don't have this entitled attitude that says you are in my you you know you're my you're my nursemaid servant who's supposed to make me my own meal and you're supposed <laughs> and why do I have to do online learning? It's stupid. You know um if they haven't connected the that the the, the, those dots by the time they get to teenage years when when they start getting tested in life Mm -hmm. they're not prepared they're ill-equipped
2: it's true and that seems like such a simple solution (laughs) yeah i mean it's simple to say
3: simple to say hard to do and i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah hard to do yeah
1: i definitely think because of how we're like i think of exactly what you said like the tools in our toolbox are from our upbringing Yeah. I think for us like Chanel it's like it's it's hard because there's so much unlearning that has to happen like yeah I mean, and of course we don't speak in generalizations but we can speak to what we know like having like Caribbean parents just so much harder like the, the, it's such an authority it's such just authoritarian style author- ter- authoritative I always mix them up but you know yeah. like more yeah. of like a dictatorship like yeah yeah here's what I want to do this will get and just like so that's like so we're so accustomed to that and even though of course like I feel like our parents like you know tried to have like maybe my grandparents are more like that our, our parents were a bit less so I guess in in my mind we, we keep thinking that like we're ahead of the game because we're like better than our parents but I think we just need to throw out the whole parenting style everything altogether. like yeah you like let it go like better than my mom is just not good enough like it has to be like mm, this parenting style the so while there might be like things that you've done that were like of course fantastic but like the style of parenting altogether, I don't know man <laughs>
3: Well, and but it's 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 not just you know Caribbean life. If we look at um, there's the, there's something called weird parenting. I don't know if you've heard this term,
0: <laughs> but it,
3: uh, anyways, it's I, I got it from uh, it's not my term. Um, it was mentioned in a book. I just interviewed someone for my podcast, um, and her new book, which is really great. And I th- I'm just trying to remember the name exactly. You know, it's called a uh, hunt gather parent, oh. and and so basically she says weird parenting is um, Western educated, industrialized, democratic, um, I can't, I'm missing one of the letters that spells out weird, but she, <laughs> basically she, so she looks at this very long global history of, of how we've parented it, and that would fall in that category. So mm-hmm. what she does is she, she goes to, she, she's got a, um, a a 16 month old child ch- no sorry she's got a three-year-old child she takes 16 months off work and she goes and she lives with the inuit up in the far north she goes and lives with the mayans in the yucatan peninsula and she goes and lives with them um, um a tribe in africa for with and they she watches how they parent what? and yeah is she an anthropologist right. what the, she takes an anthropological dig into parenting wow and she goes to be fascinating yeah and so for example she said mayans the Mayan children are the most helpful children on earth and and Inuit children there's there's no anger and fighting in that culture so she's like how do you do this I gotta go watch this I gotta go learn how. anyway the book is fantastic but it really does show that we do come from we we it's been generations and generations and generations um and and so the majority have this sort of mindset and so it's never been modeled to us that you could Get helpful children by doing it a different way, and um, anyway, so it's 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 very it's very fascinating that she gets right into the details of how these cultures do it, and it's and it's beautiful. So, anyways, I recommend if you're like, (gasps) What's
2: that book called? I know. Out
3: of the show notes, I'm like weird parenting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. You can Google weird Western industrial. Yeah. Um, So um, amazing. Her her book is a hunt gather parent. Hunt
1: gather gather parent.
3: parent. Yeah. Yeah. A very, a very easy and fun read, but, and and great for, you know, both for parents of teenagers and for for younger kids. Yeah. So, so don't, I guess all of that is to say is we are a product of our culture. We are a product of our upbringing. And so, you know, just appreciate that that's going to be our default when we get dysregulated or when we get tired and all this stuff I'm talking about, you have to, you know, it might feel like common sense after you hear it, but it doesn't mean it's top of mind. And even when it's top of mind, it doesn't mean that on a tough day, you know, a year into a pandemic, that you are going to be brilliant every (laughs) moment of every day. Um, But, but, you know, to, to, I I always say to parents, like, don't, you know, if you want to bring change to your family, just do it one situ one problem at a time. You know, just like I just need to figure out how to get kids to pick up after themselves. Or Mm -hmm. I just got to tackle bedtimes because I can't get these monsters to bed. Or I I just got to get these kids, you know, whatever, off their gaming console. Like just pick one issue and put your energy and resources into coming up with a a good strategy and stick with Mm -hmm. your one strategy until the problem is solved. A lot of times parents are doing the right thing. They're just not doing it long enough. Yeah. And, and and because they don't have the confidence, they're like, I don't know, it didn't work. So then they and then they try a different way and then they try a different way. And just, ah, it's like throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. And um, and then <laughs> because we were kind of erratic in our responses and how we're dealing it, none of it ends up being effective. But it could have been one of the spaghetti strands actually did work and we didn't know it. We didn't notice it because we didn't do that same thing, you know, for seven days or a week or whatever. And, and we would have got, we would have got the results. So I think the nice thing too about coming from, the Adlerian framework is you really understand, you're really getting, you, 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 have confidence, you know what you're doing, you know why you're doing it and you know, you know, you know, it's going to work. So you're more motivated to apply what you learn.
2: I love it. Fantastic.
3: <laughs>
2: Wowzers. Yeah. I'm sold. All right. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah it's,
3: a, yeah. it's, it, it does become, it does become, you know, like I said, it's, um, People will, people will want to dive in and learn more. You kind of yeah. get, you kind of, yeah. kind of get, you kind of get the, you know, the itch, and then you're like, and what else? What else is there? What else is there? <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> and,
0: and, and it is,
3: it is a pretty big, it is a big philosophy. I'm still studying it, and I have my masters. I still learn under the, I still go learn under the greats. It's, it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty phenomenal.
2: Awesome. Um so I want to go into a question that one of our followers sent to us to ask yeah. you. Yeah. Um and this is in regard to regarding their teens. So they asked how do you handle social media and what is a reasonable rule or boundary that you could set for them?
3: Yeah. So I and just, just to be clear because we're specifically talking about teens, I have a different answer than for other age groups. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because I do, I do think with littler kids, if you're thinking about what are they really doing online, you know, what what are are they, it's, you know, how many hours of Paw Patrol, you know, do you need in a day? Uh, uh, So, so I think I'm, I'm, I I do think that we need to have a balanced life. Um, And so I don't think screen time per se is a legitimate way of, 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 managing, like saying two hours a day for a teenager, doesn't really make any sense. Because even as my kids were, you know, going through the teen years, I'd say what, what exactly if two hours was the limit and I capped it at that, what would I, what of these things would I tell them they can't do because I've taken away their phone? Oh, you can't, e-transfer money to my bank account because you owe me money from that you know pizza that you just ordered oh you can't um play online scrabble with your grandma who lives in a different town can you guys play this game together um you can't go do your uh recording for your um song that you just you know you just wrote a song on your guitar and you want to go mix in the vocals yeah um you know yeah. on the band and you want to post it to the to your website that you're raising money for your trip to Africa like there, you, you want to check weather more to know what to wear i mean there's so much that we do online that in 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 earlier days maybe we would have opened the newspaper to find out the weather um you know maybe we would have had to go to the bank and go to a teller to transfer money we don't we don't live like that anymore we do Mm. so much through our devices that um that saying you can use it from three till four is just a ridiculous Thing you know, yeah. So I, so I really don't believe in um, time like that restraints for for teens. I do think that you should have a good, robust conversation about what balance looks like, mm. and and our use of our time. Um, time well spent, and so, in the course of a day, what does a good day look like and that needs to include doing your responsibilities around the house and doing your homework assignments and um, having you know big muscle activities where you 're actually burning energy and and you know getting out into the sunshine and maintaining real life relationships with your family and having a hobby that is not an online screen related hobby Mm. not that those aren't legit too um that we need to do in real world things as well so i would like talk about what a balanced day looks like and i would use on a lot of the apps you can get a tracker that will say do you know that you spent you know eight hours on you know world of warcraft and you're like "Ooh, i don't know if that's actually a always a good use of my time. I just, um, you know, how many of us have done that, right? You know, yeah, suddenly you're like, oh crap, man, how many, how many hours on Candy Crush? That's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if Candy Crush is around. That was like the big one went, um, yeah. but you know, we, we can, we can suddenly just go into these worlds and do this mindless stuff. And especially during a pandemic, it's like, yes. it's, it's escapism, right? So I would have a really good conversation about how, what does a good day look like to you, and yes, you need to socialize with your friends, and um, yeah, it's great to watch, you know, Grey's Anatomy on your laptop in your bedroom, which is where they all are. But how many episodes do you really want to watch, and and you know, what are you displacing by making that choice? Mm-hmm. So I would have conversations like that, and and um, and I would certainly say again in this preventative model that we're kind of talking about, what we do now sets our kids up for the teen years. If you have a child with low self esteem. And, and, um, uh, you know, they're not feeling good about themselves. And then you put them on social media where everyone says you got to be thin and you got to have a boyfriend and you got to be, you know, smoking a bong and drinking. Like, that's what they're told. That's what, Mm -hmm. and and it is marketing. It's not marketing like the ad. I'm not talking about like there are ads, obviously there's ads, but I mean, what, what I mean is your brain and your attitude is being shaped by the world that you live in. And so Mm -hmm. social media becomes a world. And depending on who you follow, which, as we know, we tend to follow in silos where we Mm -hmm. don't follow diverse people, Um, we get, you know, young girls, young boys get told this is what it looks like to be a young teenage girl. This is what it looks like to be a guy. And then they go out and mimic all these behaviors. And so... You know, yeah. So now we got toxic masculinity, and mm-hmm. you know, we got girls with eating disorders, and I mean, it's crazy. So I do think that you know, you ha- you have to do digital media literacy with your teen mm-hmm. so that they don't spend all this time having their mind melded into these bad values. Um, yeah. So that that was a long answer.
1: <laughs> no. And I and I definitely Girl.
3: think yeah. Well, and I I would say the other thing you know, while I'm tossing out resources to parents, there is a guy named uh, Dr. Michael Rich, and his name is the Mediatrician, which is like play on words for pediatrician. And he's out of the Boston Children's Hospital. And his website has tons of research, because every parent will say, my kid's addicted, my kid's addicted. Um, You know, addiction is a very specific word and phenomena. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of there's a lot of kids who I would say, like, really want to be online because their friends are online or they get really mad when you take tell them to get off their device and parents don't realize yeah because they're playing in a team game and you just would you go to a soccer game and rip your kid off during the final playoffs during (laughs) just as they were about to make the 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 kick across the line you say no shut it down it's too late you know it's like no wonder they blew up like yeah, like you yeah. know context people context so anyways he's got a lot of great information about about how about you know a lot of parental fears and he does q a's and things like that too so i de- definitely check in with him but i'd say kids are not sleeping enough and that is also because they've they they do need to find a way to put it down they need exactly. to wrap up the day get their mind somewhere else and and that takes time to ease into sleep you can't just like shut down your phone and think you're going to fall asleep your your, your mind is going to to be racing you're going to be all revved up so I do think we need to talk about in that balanced day about how do you wind down and get yourself ready to sleep because our kids are sleep deprived and it's (laughs) it's contributing to the depression rates going up absolutely
1: oh my god I have like two questions that came out of that but I think I'll just like okay so one of them I'm to quickly going to ask only because this question is less of a question that has been posed to me um like, just while teaching, but more so something that, like, I think a lot of my students are concerned about. Um, Some of them, you know, have admitted that, like, they've dabbled and engaged. Others are, like, mortified by, like, where, what their friends are doing. And it's just, like, like, incessant obsession with, like, vaping. So like, there's like this vaping culture is huge now. And like, I know, I remember I was, Shen and I were joking about it yesterday and we're talking about Mm -hmm. our own experience being in high school and how there was like smoker's corner. Smoker's corner. And like corner, like that corner of the school was like hidden. It was so discreet because you just didn't want to get caught. And it was like perfectly like angled. So it was away from like the security cameras. Like, It was a mission. Like if you wanted to like smoke weed or smoke cigarettes at school, like you needed to be a spy (laughs) because, you know, like you knew the consequences and sure there were kids that were, there were some kids that were a bit more rebellious, but the vast majority of kids understood that like, yeah, I I don't really want to get caught doing that. Um, And then I was telling Shen that I'd be driving up to schools. Like I remember there was one school in particular that I was driving up to and I mean, like I would see kids and it's just like a cloud of smoke. You almost can't even make out who the kids are <laughs> because like there's so much smoke. I'm like, oh my goodness, like vaping is huge. So, and students are sharing with me that like kids are like getting vaping in schools and like fire alarms are going off and like all this stuff is happening. So. And then of course, like, you know, like now with weed being legalized and like, irrespective of like, you know, what my values are, your values are on marijuana. That's just, that's not neither here nor there. I think what I'm just curious about. And I think that some parents are curious about too, is like, how do you manage this? Like, how do we manage this new wave of, 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 of habits that you like behaviors that you would associate with like adulthood that are seemingly so connected to adolescence and childhood, like, or, or sorry, not not childhood, but adolescence and teenagehood. Like, how do you navigate that?
3: Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so true. And it comes up again and again and again with the parents of my practice too, mm-hmm. to point about kind of like the prevalence. It's, it's sort of like, you know, don't be naive. You are going to have to have lots of conversations about high risk behavior with your yes. team, whether that's, you know, underage drinking, uh, vaping, marijuana, you know, and other Molly's. I mean, yeah. You, know, yeah, you know, and, you know, and p- people just buying Ritalin off other kids, like it's yeah. amazing yeah, how, much, how much drug use is actually just coming out of the family medicine cabinet. Like it's true. shocking. Um, well, the, we, we know that, uh, that teens are, uh, want to belong and fit in. Yeah. So when it's something becomes a fad, it becomes a problem because a lot of it is, is, is uh, peer acceptance you know that that I, I i my fear that i will be rejected from the group if i don't do what the group is doing that right Yeah. But it's, which is and it's frustrating because it's like everybody's doing it and and of course they get addicted before they you know they they don't realize they keep thinking like i can stop at any time yeah. like so i mm-hmm. think so one thing i think is for parents to have the conversation about um well sorry i have two reasons why peer acceptance wanting to fit in and belong because it's part of youth culture um, but the other thing is a lot of how this all gets started too, is because I see a lot of these, the, the drug usage as a, um, self-medication for kids that are very anxious and depressed. Mm. I, I think if we, you know, if we, a, a lot of these kids feel a sense of relief, they, they are, they're, they're not managing. They don't have the life skills. They, they don't have the coping skills. They haven't learned how to manage their emotions. They don't, they don't, um, it's a quick fix so yeah. yeah if you have a sip of alcohol when you're, you're an anxious kid not only are you going to like look like you fit in and you're going to look like an adult which they're all trying to do yeah you actually are going to get this short euphoric feeling mm-hmm. of relaxation when you're if you're anxious because alcohol is a depressant so yeah. it, it, you, you get this quick feedback but again like anything else there's all these other downsides that kids are um, the teenage brain reduces its um it, it recognizes risk, but it doesn't care about it. Mm. It cares more about the reward. It's, yes. it's like Daniel Siegel, who writes about the teen brain, says it's it's like if we were playing Russian roulette and you said, you know, whatever, there's, the, you know, six, what do called six calibers in this gun and only one has a bullet. An mm-hmm. adult would say, oh, well, I'm not going to play because... It, one of those has a bullet. Yeah. It's, not, it's not worth it. One of these is lethal, right? Yeah. Whereas yeah. a teen would go, yeah, but hold on a second. You know, if you're going to give me a million dollars for the five that are empty, <laughs> like, I know the one is lethal. It's not exactly. like I don't get that, but I'm like, ding, ding, ding. If you're going to give me a million dollars to play, I am so up for that. So, it's
1: so true. it's,
3: it's that their reward circuits are, are, are very, um, highly, Uh, uh, prioritized in in the teen brain. And, um, and so I try to I think the way that we need to go about it is every parent needs to have a conversation um, about the how their how their brain is wired and the brain consequences that happen that these are brain cells, you never get back that they're that unlike unlike in adulthood, when our brain is still willing to be more plastic, um, that their brain is being shaped and formed. So mm-hmm. anything that interferes with that is going to have lifelong consequences. And so we know a- exposure to some of these, uh, you know, addictive substances, it means that your life, you are, you are so much more likely to be a lifelong user. And the vaping companies and the drug companies, they all want early, early adopters that are going to be clients wow. for life. They do. And, And so that's why they make it so cute. Think about it. Like, you know, they make it so pretty, so cool. It looks like a USB stick. It's like, it's, it is marketing to, to, to appeal to to kids. So I like to sort of say like, can you believe those buggers, how they're being manipulative? Um, Because they they love to hate authority and they love Mm -hmm. to be on the right side of being smart kind of thing. So I kind of try to use that. So I do talk about the science. Um, I, I try again, not to be, harsh cuz you know if you get if you get too harsh with kids then they will feel that you've treated them unfairly and what they do then is they want to retaliate so mm-hmm. you know what they'll end up doing is it justifies the behavior right mm-hmm. it, it, it's like um how dare you just for that i'm going to use it anyways right so, so I, I think it's, I think it's easier to, to try to get into to, to dialogues and discussions and to set expectations and, yeah. you know, do, will they stick with the expectation? Maybe not, you know, they make, they're going to make mistakes or whatever. Um, but it's sort of how you recover from that mistake. But it's, it's about what we see too often is that parents either, really get harsh or they say, well, whatever, they're going to smoke anyway. So, you know, but yeah. I don't, I don't think that's a good response either. So it's about kind of setting that, that expectation that it's not good for you. That's why it's illegal. It's unhealthy the same way that I, you know, how would you feel if I permitted you to use crack cocaine? Like, you know, like it's not, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think it's, un, I, I don't, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not grading it as a lighter substance. So we have to have, yeah. that, you know, um, it, it's why it is an age dependent, limited thing, just the same way some other things are. Right. Mm -hmm. Like having age limits, kids that get so upset about that, but you can't drive a car. You can't get your license till you're 16 because they don't think your brain and judgment is ready till you're 16. You can't vote until you're 18 because they don't think your brain is developed to make a good Mm -hmm. decision about that kind of thing. So there's things that are age dependent. And so th- these things are controlled substances because of that. And when you become an adult and you can decide how you want to attack your body, but till then I'm your parent
0: and, just, uh, <laughs> and, that, and that's it.
3: And that's, you know, that's not okay. And and uh, we, we want to help you. We want to help you if you get yourself in a position where it's, um where it's a problem for you, we'll get you the help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And it sounds like the root is like communication, which is kind of what I was the next question anyways. So
3: it's perfect. You already
1: answered it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it seems like. At the end of the day, you have to talk to your kids. To
3: your point, yeah. we we know we in the teen years, one of the biggest things that you're going to find is your of the tools in your toolbox. You're going to mm-hmm. have to get rid of all your toddler tools. What? You're, you're, I know, I know. It's like, are you kidding? I got to go back to school again. <laughs> <laughs> things that- it things that you did with your 2 and 3 and 5 and 7 year old are not going to work with a 14 15 16 year old and the number one most strongest important tool is the strength of your relationship and that's problematic because a lot of times that's when parents and teens really get lock and horns yeah. right big yeah. rebellious time so if you lose the relationship then you lose your influence and we and we need to have influence because teens will refuse to be controlled i i kind of think of it as like um, it's like y- for for the first part of their life you were the pilot driving riding, you know driving the plane and they were kind of the co-pilot but when they become teenagers you need to let them start flying their own life you need to give them the controls you need to hand over the steering wheel but you still need to stay as the co-pilot on the journey yeah when they mm-hmm. start messing up if you say you're doing a bad job i better take over again they're going to hit the eject button you're going to get you know thrown <laughs> tossed off the plane oh. and then you can't help them fly their lives at all so as, as, as much as we get so frightened as parents, we're so fearful that we want to like regain control and we think they're goofing up, it, it doesn't work in the long run. So with the power of that relationship allows you to c- continue to have influence and, and you know, from probably listening, listening to your teens in your classroom, you know, when, when they feel heard and they have a relationship with their parents, they'll say, I didn't want to let my parents down. Yeah. I, I want, I, I don't want to let my parents down. I want them to think highly of me. I don't, I don't want to fall into, into, um, poor regard. And so, but that means, that means they have to actually like love and care and respect you. If they're angry at you, if they feel like you never cut them any slack, you don't get them, you don't get their life, you don't get their problems, then you're not going to have the same sway. So it's, it's about kind of turning more into like a coach mentor type relationship and, and, and less that, um, that teacher, teacher, you know, like when kids are little, we're teaching them, right? Mm-hmm. This is how we need to wash our hands. We need to put our coat on the hooks. We don't jump on the couch. Like we're teaching, teaching, teaching. But by the time you get, they're taught by the time they get to years, they're, they, they're taught, they're taught. They, they're, they want to practice living life. And then we can, you know, kind of like, you know, Hey, hey how's it going? What choices are you making? How's it working out for you? <laughs> um, and so I I think that's a really hard shift in style for some parents, but but they're they're not going to let you keep teaching them. Um, So we got to switch up our, switch up our style and having that strong relationship and having good, it's good communication that builds that relationship. Then we got We got a chance of, of being impactful to them.
2: Jeez. That is so useful. (laughs) Even for us now, like, yeah, to keep that in mind. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's
3: a lot about um, listening, you know, and it's a lot about getting out of our own heads about a situation and trying to step into the child's world, you know, and be curious, what would it be like to be them in this family at this age with this going on? You know,
0: what would it be like,
3: you know, what are they, what are, yeah, it's, we get really, we get, and then say, you know, a little, you know, communication tip and then saying it back to them. It's amazing how, when you verbalize their experience, that's what helps them feel heard yeah feel feel gotten so when you say oh I know you're really upset we were having such a good time reading stories at bedtime and now it's over and I have to turn off the lights and leave and you're gonna have to put yourself to sleep that is hard you don't like it you wish we could read books all night I do too but I have to go I'm sure you'll manage (laughs) (laughs) you know um yeah And so so and it's and it's the same thing when when you know you're a teenager, you know, oh I get it you're 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 mad at me, you know you don't like this pandemic you f- it, it took away your prom, it took away your graduation it yeah, took you know oh my you know and you know you are angry, you are mad that you feel like this is uh, and now I'm saying you can't see your friends and now I'm the old police that you can be mad at me, but I love you so much, I'm saying no anyways <laughs>
2: That was going to be my last question, too. Like how do you reach your teens during this pandemic and and kind of zero in on creating that boundaries to make sure that they're safe, but also listening to all the things that they've lost in the last two years? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of grief. you
2: mm-hmm. know, there's
3: a lot of sadness and it's a, and it's appropriate. Um, but I think we have to, we want to show them that we're their ally. We want to um, tell them that they're being heroes. That everyone's shouldering some of this load, and teens have really had to shoulder a lot, you know. And it is like we're fighting a war, and they are like soldiers in the battle against COVID. And we that we really appreciate them um, helping this way. And say, I want to help you get through this, and and you know, I want to do whatever's in our family's uh, best resources, time, whatever the the safety limits to to make that work for you. So if that means I have to give up you know, um, people in my bubble so that you can bring a friend into ours. You know, like I have, I have a lot of, I have a lot of teens who have said where they, where they've like had like a girlfriend join the family bubble because it, it was just, too much misery for both families (laughs) (laughs) Ah, to keep them apart or you know um i've had families that have you know gone out and bought chimneys and and those space solar heaters and things so that kids can gather teens can gather in the backyard around bonfire so that they can keep seeing their friends kind of a thing so it's like what you know what can we do to get you to be able to see your friends but still do it according to you know, what's, what's, what the guidelines are, you know? And so I think when we show them that we're willing to work with them, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's important and letting go of the other stuff. Like, you know, who cares how dirty their bedroom is? Oh, for Pete's sake, who cares (laughs) if they're eating crap? We're all eating crap. This is not the time. Um, and so, I tell parents, if you expect your teen to be a perfect adult, you will be angry and disappointed. But if you expect your teen to be a perfect teen, you will be so much happier.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. uh, you know, that's, and we have to go back and remember, like, what were we like at 13 and 14? Like, like that, we have yeah. to remember, you know, and we did, and we yeah. did boneheaded things. Of and, we, you know, of course. So um and uh, so we want to help our kids be resilient through it not be perfect through it you know mm-hmm. and they are going and they are going to mess up so if you need to call the school and say look at I cannot the, the the online schooling thing I is just you know not it's just not working for my kid if i had to focus on what could what what like if i just pick a couple things that i could focus on for this semester this quadmester this whatever mm-hmm. you know and if they say look so long as you get them reading every day, one book report and make sure that they're doing at least X amount of whatever, I need three math sheets so that I can, at the end of the, at end of the report card, know that they got this main concept or whatever. Like speak to the school, tell them what you're up against. We don't need a bunch of like suicidal kids cutting because their parents are screaming at them because their marks are, have dropped. Most kids' marks have dropped like 20%. I mean, I don't know what your are how's your class doing? Some kids are doing fine, but like overall, like there's been a drop.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. As you're saying this, I was like, wow, I know this episode is like geared towards parents and teens. But I'm like, I really hope that like, you know, whether you're a parent, if if you're a teacher, I hope you're listening to what you're saying, because my God, some of these teachers are like, still so anal, like, I don't even know how they're able to maintain these rigid expectations. I'm like, are you see like students will message me and like, you know, send me long emails about like what their other teachers are expecting them to do. And like, like just crying asking to stay back after class and like via zoom they're like crying crying and like miss i'm so stressed i'm so worried you're the only teacher that like i feel like i can talk to you can i please have an extension And i'm like sure but why the heck isn't anyone else giving you guys extensions like like i can't imagine like in all of that we're experiencing i'm still like nope i don't care to do nope i don't care it's like who cares
3: <laughs> yeah I-,
1: I care that like truly is it so important for you to get this othello essay on in time at 11 like really what's the harm if it comes a week two week what's the harm if it doesn't even come like and I can <laughs> yeah keep on the other things that you've done like what's the harm like I just I don't know I don't get it
3: Yeah, I, I, you know, we have when we, we sort of knew that the pandemic was a health crisis, and then coming behind it was going to be a mental health crisis because we're not, we're not supposed to be living like this. This is not a natural way for humans to live, and so some people are, like I said, resilient, robust. There's some kids that are thriving with online learning because they don't like the classroom and they were being bullied or they, you know, whatever it was. Um, they're, they're just like stop the chit chat and distractions you know uh, like just give me my my homework i'm an independent learner great that's fantastic other kids this has been a, disa- frank, right. a disaster for them and I then to have that. and to feel like they are letting people down and knowing that like you know their teachers are watching and their parents are watching you know and so we don't school is never supposed to crumble a human spirit I mean we're missing <laughs> we're missing the point yeah. if we think yeah. that's what education is about um but you know I, I would I think there's lots that we you know that going forward that we're going to learn about how we engage learners and sure. um um, and so, uh, you know, I, I don't want to give all those kids that are, that are happy to slack off the alibi. Like, well, wait, I got a mental health disorder. I don't have to hand in my Othello essay. Yeah, I'm no. Like, no, 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 no. We weren't talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's still new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yours is still new. Yeah. Um, but you know, if we, if we got, you know, behind this idea that, um, you know, what, let's not be straightening the deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah. I mean, like, let's just <laughs> step back and take get some perspective on what's going on here right and uh, and That's and amazing
1: yeah. Analogy. That's yeah amazing
3: yeah if our if our kids are tanking you know don't be fussed about the details of a deadline of an essay we got to step back and look look at the holistically look at their whole lives and 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 be and be there for them you know and take yeah. some of that pressure off
1: exactly i think that's yeah. the same thing it's like healthy expectations and boundaries still have expectations yeah um, but like let be let, let, let there be some flexibility in the same way that i want flexibility like grant yourself the grace grant your students the grace that you want because yeah. I need grace like as yeah all, you know, right yeah have kids that are working some like even teachers now some these teachers are going to be teaching with toddlers at home right yeah like, that's you right you're going to need grace as you conduct this lesson So extend that same grace to your students as they like submit homework and ask questions like let there just be grace extended all around.
3: Well, so and another tenet of Adlerian psychology is the concept of good enough. Mm -hmm. That, you know, that when, if it is okay to do a good enough, to be a good enough parent, it's okay to be a good enough student. That a lot of what we find the anxiety is, is that we push this agenda of perfection.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And then,
3: and then it's like, well, but the thing is, the reason I'm freaking out about the Othello essay is because I need to get 100% or 90% on it. Yeah.
0: Well,
3: how about if you just learned the core concepts of Othello and got it in close to the deadline and moved on with all the other things that you have on your plate and be a solid B student. Parents freak out about that. No, yeah, they're, yeah. Uh, they're, they're under their potential. I'm like, oh my God, where do we get this idea that everybody needs to be A's at everything all the time? It's yeah. always mm-hmm. give and take. Like, I am not living up to my potential of being a cellist because I couldn't care less about the cello. I, You know, <laughs> yeah. I've never taken a lesson. Yes. I don't, you know, like, right? Exactly, it's, yeah. I, I, I think, you know, if we gave, if we got, I think so much of the discouragement of our learners today is because we don't, we, we're so evaluative and judgmental and it's part of it's part of standardized testing. It's part of the the, the scarcity mentality that you know you gotta only the top echelon. You're gonna move on to get these prime positions in universities. It's a scarcity, scarcity, scarcity. Race yeah. to the top, race to the top, race yep. to the top. And if you're not in the top echelon, then you go well, screw it. I'm not in the race, so I might as well drop out. Exactly. And mm-hmm. it's like no, it's okay. Be the middle. Of the, go the journey. Go the journey. You learn because you want to grow. You learn because you're you're interested. You you learn because you've got bigger ambitions for yourself as a human being. You know, if we could stick with that attitude, I think mm-hmm. kids could sort of settle in to to a, a framework of learning that d- didn't make them so, so anxious. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Man, listen. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: this One of those episodes, guys.
1: Fantastic,
2: with Lots of gems. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so many gems. I mean, gems, you can just, they're just, they're falling, like falling everywhere. Like there's just so many, so many great things to think about and to consider as a, you know, if for the, whether you're a parent or not, if you have influence over children, um, you know, yeah. like your nieces, your nephews, like anybody, like there's just like so much to take. And- uh,
3: I'm so glad you said that because do you know in, in the teen years because they do often fight with their parents and turn yes. against their parents or whatever, to have one important person in their life, one adult it's a huge protective factor. So every student in your classroom that you say, Hey, it's okay. I got you. You know, they're like, you understand, you see me, you're potentially saving that kid's life. It only takes one. So if you are the auntie, the grandma, the coach, the whatever, those are all those people in a child's life that need to be giving those validating feelings to those And I think it's part of why the depression, because I'm saying we're at home, we don't have the interface with the coaches. We don't see the grandparents. So so part of why the depression, yeah, they're seeing their friends, but they're not getting that validation from the, yeah, Elders, yeah. and so anyone who is an elder that sees a teen, anywhere on public transit, hey, how are you guys doing? You holding up? You know anything? Anything positive for for that age group from an adult is great.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so noted. That's and it's fantastic.
2: So important. Yeah,
1: yeah, because I think sometimes we underestimate our influence, right? But like I, yeah. I I'm so happy that you you said that, and that's useful for some of them, like my um friends who don't have children but i know have such great influence over kids like not to underestimate that connection yeah yeah, yeah. so much yeah, and,
3: and if and if you're if your listeners want to you know ask more questions later on i do a facebook live every thursday at noon and i also have like a dedicated facebook group for that's free um that's uh for parents of teens Um, so you can, yeah, you can enjoy my my teen. Yeah. Because, because they are unique issues, right? Like there are very age specific issues and it's, and so it's a supportive community and you don't have to be full on idlerian. but people that are on there are probably taking a course or done some work with me. So they're (laughs) wanting to hear this style of parenting and learn more about it. And, um, yeah. So if you're looking for support and a place to post resources and get questions answered, check that out too.
1: Please. Can you, and any other yes. uh, contact info? I was going to just say like, go ahead, let it, let it rip.
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, and the same with my, my podcast, Parenting the Adlerian Way. Yes. I interview authors and, and other Adlyrians, but I, I, the base of the show is, is parenting Q and A. So please submit your questions. I answer those anonymously. Um, so you don't have to worry about you know, throwing your kid under the bus. I know sometimes people don't want to ask questions on Facebook because you, you're, you know, your name comes yeah, up yeah. The chat oh, and people yeah, are like, yeah. ah, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I'm just asking for my neighbor. Um, so anyways, <laughs> um, but it means you can also go back. So Parenting the Adlerian Way is the podcast. Um, the Facebook Live on my professional page, which is just, just uh, Allison Schaefer, Parenting Expert, and, and my teen group is there too. So those are, those are just constant interactive kind of things. And my website is, com and all my social handles are there and and there's also a resource page with tons of resources including adlerian principles in the classroom fyi mm. uh, but my events page for any of my workshops is there and i also have like you know i guess we i wouldn't really call it a blog but any articles all the things that i've written that are all archived there so and that and they're searchable so if you want to like just look up whatever teen vaping um you know what to do with my kid well you know will only poo in a pull-up—that's um, yes. <laughs> a common thing. That's a common thing. Still pooping, still pooping pants at eight years old is my number one blog hit. So there you go. See, who really? Knew? That's my number one. Who knew? That's yeah. That's. Don't the let one. this be my reality. Oh
2: my goodness!
0: <laughs> oh,
1: oh my gosh! Okay, I'm looking right now, friends, and scrolling through, and the resources are endless. Like my fingers are getting tired. Yeah. Lots, uh,
3: lots of good stuff there. Yeah. I, and like I said, that I'm always, that's what I, I'm, it's, you know, the more I know what your pain points are in your life, the more I can gather resources and either write a blog post, put out a podcast, interview someone, dedicate a Facebook live question to it, whatever. So it's really important that people connect with me. So I, like I yeah. said, my kids are now 27 and 28. I'm in a different phase of life. So I need to hear from parents on the ground. What's happening for you? Where's the rubber hit the road? Where's the pain point? How can I help? So I love questions.
1: Fabulous! Oh Amazing. my goodness, this was incredible. What? Oh, thank incredible. you, ladies. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> do not get right now to Apple Podcasts and rate this podcast. I do not know because I can't. Please, oh
3: please, yes, ratings and likes really help. <laughs> they yes, do. They do. There,
1: yeah, rate yeah. and like because this was a really, really fabulous. So podcast. good. Such an incredible episode. Please make sure you're following Allison Schaefer on every single platform.
3: um All the things. <laughs> also- I will do the and I will do the follow back, ladies. <laughs>
1: because yeah, the review back. yeah <laughs> this is good stuff um we loved having you and we're so grateful for this so thank you so much again thank you good luck um, bomb the bom- moms
3: to you <laughs> <laughs> oh from one bomb mom to the next we appreciate
0: you.
2: <laughs> and friends don't forget to head over to our website at wildaynap.ca where you can check out our merch you can send us your messages your questions your birth stories and any other ideas that you want us to talk about, just send it mm-hmm. to us over there, or you can DM us at WTM podcast on Instagram, or you can even send us messages on Facebook at Wild Day Nap podcast. If you want to hit us up there. But with that being said, friends nap time is over and we will see you guys on our next episode. Bye Goodbye. friends.
0: <laughs>